Hey guys, um, welcome to the Last Push podcast. I know it's been a little while since I've last got on here, um, but I was thinking, I've been thinking for the last month, we should start doing some more podcasts just so you guys have some additional stuff for you guys to listen to, for you to help study for those exams and just kind of um, going over and reviewing some of the stuff that you've already done. So... Um, I've been asked to kind of go through some biology paper two topics today. Um, So grab some pens, grab a piece of paper if you want to jot down any notes or if you just want to listen and pause, um, you can write down notes that way or if you just want to listen to it through a few different times. But yeah, we're just going to go through the reproduction section for biology paper two. So get all your stuff, get ready, and then we'll get started. Okay, back edits. Um, Just want to say I hope you guys had a brilliant Christmas. I hope you guys had a really nice break. Happy New Year. Um, I'm so glad to be back doing some online lessons and things Um, and just hearing from you guys. It really made my morning um, that much more special. So today um, we're going to take a look at reproduction and when we first start looking at reproduction, the main thing that they really want um, you to know as a student, they want you to focus on are the differences between sexual and asexual reproduction. And they'll use a lot of different words that will link that all together. And the major words that I want you guys to try to remember is that whenever we're talking about sexual reproduction, it's almost always linked with meiosis. We'll get to that in a minute. And whenever we're talking about asexual reproduction, it's always linked with mitosis. So we've got meiosis and mitosis and sexual and asexual reproduction. And when we're talking about sexual reproduction, we'll go through all that one first um, and then compare them a little bit. When we're talking about sexual reproduction, you really need to know that there's going to be two parents. There's always going to be adjoining or fusing of the sex cells and the fancy word for sex cells are gametes so you're always going to have a female and a male gamete or a sperm and an egg cell and they're going to fuse together in sexual reproduction and that forms a zygote and then an embryo and then nine months later you have a baby So sexual reproduction is the joining or the fusion of male and female gametes, sperm and egg in animals. And then if you're talking about flowers, you might be talking about pollen um, and the egg cells in a flowering plant. And really good examples of that are things like lilies, because lilies have got a lot of that really bright orangey yellow pollen that kind of goes everywhere whenever you're putting your bouquet of flowers together or just out in the garden in general. And then um, with sexual reproduction, because you are fusing or joining gametes together, that actually means that you're combining the genetic information from one gamete and the other gamete. You're combining the genetic information from the sperm cell and the egg cell. 
and you're fusing that DNA together. So it's a combination of DNA in your offspring. And this is why we say that you get half the DNA from the father and half the DNA from the mother, or half the DNA from the sperm cell and half the DNA from the egg cell. And then if you want to look at numbers, you can get even more specific. We can say that there's 23 chromosomes in a sperm cell. There's 23 chromosomes in an egg cell. And when they fuse together in fertilization, when they join together, the sperm and the egg cell, you are going to make a cell called a zygote, which has got a total of 46 chromosomes. And then from there, your baby will start to develop. So that's sexual reproduction. And the only other thing that you really need to try to remember with sexual reproduction is you are going to always have genetically um, non-identical offspring, or there's going to be variation in your offspring. If you've got brothers and sisters, think about it, who are not twins, think about it like that. If you've got a brother and a sister, you don't all look the same. You're not clones. You're not identical. You've got genetic variation. And it's because every sperm and egg cell is slightly different and slightly genetically different. So if they fuse together and make a baby, the baby will be genetically different because sexual reproduction is a combination of those chromosomes of that DNA from the sperm and the egg cell. And then asexual reproduction, it's always going to involve one parent and there's no fusion of gametes. So there's no sperm or egg cell that are fusing together. You've just got one parent cell and it divides and it makes um, clones or genetically identical offspring. And this is with mitosis. Only mitosis is involved with asexual reproduction when you've got one parent cell, there's going to be one division, it's forming two genetically identical daughter cells that all have got the same genetic information. And that's why it's linked with mitosis, because mitosis is a form of asexual reproduction. So for example, all of your body cells, um, they are reproducing via mitosis and they're all identical clones of each individual skin cell because you want to make sure that your skin all has is the exact same it has it functions the same way and things like that and that's why asexual reproduction is considered um, mitosis as well whereas sexual reproduction there's a lot of links with meiosis with that one because meiosis is the formation of gametes meiosis is making and developing a sperm and egg cell and with meiosis you need to be able to know a little bit some of the facts with meiosis similar to mitosis you start with one cell but in this case, um, with meiosis, there are two divisions. And right before the cell starts dividing, it actually copies the genetic information. So it does make one double. It copies itself. And then there'll be two divides, or the cell will divide twice. 
and it actually makes four gametes. So every time the cell undergoes meiosis, you actually make four new gametes, four new possible sex cells, four new possible sperm cells, or four new possible egg cells when we're talking about meiosis. And it always has got half the set of chromosomes. And we discussed that keyword earlier, half meaning haploid. So your sperm and egg cells are haploid. They've got half the amount of DNA or half the amount of chromosomes. And if you want to talk numbers, they specifically have 23 chromosomes. And they're all genetically different. Okay, sperm and egg cells are all genetically different, and that is why we as a human species do not all look the exact same. And that's why you and your brother or sister don't all look the same. So there's always some variation, some genetic differences with sperm and egg cells, and that's why when they undergo fusion, when they fuse, when they join together, the sperm and the egg cell, they will share the DNA, they'll share the chromosomes, you'll get 46 chromosomes total, or 23 pairs. And I like to think of it as 23 pairs, because when I think of pairs, I think 23 is coming from the sperm cell, 23 is coming from the egg cell. Okay, and then when those gametes, when they join together, that's um, keyword is fertilization which you guys hopefully remember um, from earlier when you studied this. So fertilization is when those gametes join together, and now they've got the normal amount of chromosomes, or a full set. Or the key word for that is diploid. Diploid means a full number of chromosomes. And as the number of cells increases, the embryo will start to develop, and those cells will start to differentiate. And then nine months later, you will have a baby. So with asexual and sexual reproduction, and mitosis and meiosis, a lot of the times you do have comparison type questions. Um, and some of the things, they overlap, they really, really do. So for example, with sexual reproduction, you've got two parents. Um, with asexual reproduction, you've only got one parent. With sexual reproduction, you're producing um, offspring that have variation or genetic differences. With asexual reproduction, there's no genetic differences. They're all clones. They're genetically identical. And it, that link can be made with mitosis because also with mitosis, the offspring are all genetically identical. They're all clones. And with meiosis, with the formation of sex cells and gametes, there is um, variation. There are differences with the genetics. Now a comparison between mitosis and meiosis, you wanna know how many divisions there are. So with mitosis, there's only one division. With meiosis, there's two divisions. And it might be worth um, Googling just a side-by-side -side picture of mitosis and meiosis. Now, bear in mind that this does get really, really complicated at A-level and university levels. So you want to go for some simpler diagrams. It might be worth checking those out on BBC Bite Size.
So mitosis, we've got one division. Meiosis, we've got two divisions. It's also worth remembering how many cells are made if we're just looking at one cell. So with mitosis, we've got one cell, one division, two daughter cells are formed. Whereas with meiosis, we've got one cell at the start, one parent cell, two divisions, and four cells are made or four gametes are produced at the end. They're all genetically unidentical. Um, there's variation with them. So that's a summary of asexual and sexual reproduction, as well as meiosis and mitosis. If that's still a little unclear because I don't have diagrams with this podcast, I really, really suggest that you do Google Fuse School or on YouTube, Fuse School, and there are some really good videos to kind of help elaborate this um, and make it a little bit more visual. The second thing that we talked about um, or that we were going to look at um, next lesson is evolution. Um, and evolution links in really, really nicely with the word variation um, because you really need to know that variation is there's differences with the genome, with the genetic information, with the chromosomes. So we inherit genes they get passed down by our parents, okay? It's, it's inherited genetics because we are getting the gene gnome, half of it from the sperm, and we're getting the other half of the genome from the eggs. And variation really is the differences in characteristics. And those differences in characteristics play a huge role in evolution. So for example, um, I'll tell you a story because it's one that sticks into my mind quite a lot. During the Industrial Revolution, especially here in England, they put up lots of factories. It was at a time where there was huge factories and plants and a lot of um, work was being done to build steel, to build houses. Um, a lot of progress was being made in that regard. But what we didn't take into account was all of the smoke and the carbon dioxide and all of the toxins that we were actually releasing into the atmosphere as we burned all these things in the factories. And it actually had a huge effect on the bark of the trees and what it ended up doing is it ended up changing um, and discoloring the bark of the trees so originally before the industrial revolution um, trees that were studied and looked at in england were a lot lighter in color and then as industrial revolution as that continued on trees actually um, the bark of them and the outer layer, the epidermis of them, it actually got a lot darker and got shaded in. I guess if you're trying to think about it, lighter to darker um, to more kind of black um, bark. And you wouldn't think that this would cause um, a huge issue or an evolutionary issue. But what this did is it had a huge effect on a type of moth called the black peppered moth. 
there are lots of different moths, lots of different butterflies in the world. And if you looked at this specific peppered moth, there were different variations of it. Because of the genome, there were different variations. And then you'd look at the phenotype, what you'd actually see on that moth. And some of the moths were really, really light. Some of them were medium um, shades. And some of the moths were extremely dark. So it's really similar to, to skin color, for example. But with the moss, what happened is that moss, obviously they get eaten a lot by birds um, and other predators. And in order to survive um, and to thrive and to be successful moth, you need to be able to camouflage. You need to be able to camouflage to be able to actually hunt and prey on the insects that you need to eat. But the moss also needed to be able to camouflage and hide from predation, hide from the predators, hide from the birds and the squirrels and all the other things that were trying to eat them. And what you noticed is there was a huge trend. You noticed that as the trees um, went from that lighter shade and over time um, in, a, in the years after the first factories were put up and as those trees turned into a darker shade on the bark, what happened was the moss, um, originally the lighter colored moss, there was a higher amount of population uh, of them within that species. But years later, um, months later, when people were studying these moss, they noticed that there was a shift. It's called an evolutionary or genetic shift or even a phenotypic shift because what they noticed is that these moss, um, there was less and less of the lighter ones and there was more and more of the darker ones. And it is because those darker moss were able to camouflage and get their own food or avoid being eaten as the bark changed and with the new darker bark those moss that had darker wings um, and colorings on their on their wings they were able to camouflage so they didn't get eaten as much so their population rose whereas the white peppered moss their population actually decreased so that is kind of an explanation on variation because variation you've got genetic variation the genotype the dna and then what that codes for which is the phenotypic variation and that's what you see so another example i know this one's really far-fetched but if it was a better advantage for people to have green colored eyes and it enabled them to um, survive better then you'd most likely have a population that had more green colored eyes, people or organisms and things like that. Um, and this can be seen throughout um, with, with um, it's more looked at with animals that are in the wild, not, not humans, not so much um, animals that are bred in captivity or selectively bred because it just doesn't really work for them. But you can see this trend in um, animals that are still, or plants that are still in the wild, and how sometimes the variation enables them to be more successful and survive. So that's sexual asexual reproduction, mitosis and meiosis, 
and a little bit on variation because our next lesson we are going to take a look at evolution okay so hopefully that helped you guys out a little bit and you've got a little bit more insight on the differences between um, those reproduction types the differences between mitosis and meiosis and what is variation and kind of starting to think about how it plays into evolution and how um, organisms have evolved for the last couple thousand years so hopefully you guys have a great day and i will see you guys back online tomorrow.